Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind, body and lifestyle. So I'm really excited to be here today with Darren Kirby, who is host of the Fitter, Healthier Dads podcast, um, who's been on a journey since around 2013, um, a pretty transformational journey where he's gone from being um, working in the city, overweight, just kind of training at the gym three times a week, drinking fairly heavily um, and eating whatever he wanted to being 28 kilos lighter um, and a very accomplished triathlete who is now um, in the qualifiers for the Kona World Champions Championships in 2020. Um, Darren, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. How are you? Very well, Angela. Thanks very much for inviting me to come on. Um, yeah, very privileged to, to come on the show. It's lovely to have you here. Um, there's so much I want to talk to you about in terms of the value that you can add um, yeah. to the listeners. But let's kick off by talking about your journey, because it's been pretty transformational, um, what you've done in the last sort of six years or so, yeah. um, and, and the strides that you've made. What kind of prompted you first to um, sign up for your first triathlon, which I believe was back in 2013? Yeah, that's right. So it is very interesting, actually. Um, prior to 2013, I'd always, always had this kind of desire to do a triathlon. And at the time, we were working on a big project at the hedge fund that I was working at. And the one of the uh, people that we were engaged with on the project, uh, their business um, they had decided as a company they were going to enter the Blenheim Palace Triathlon, which is quite a big one, um, and offered um, me and some of my colleagues to kind of enter. And uh, I thought, well, you know, I've always wanted to do one, so so why not? I'll um, I'll, I'll enter and, um, and and see how I get on. And it, it's funny that once you have something which you know you've got a date in the diary, for example, or something's booked how much more focus you give it. And it was at that point I, I, I assumed myself that because I've been going to the gym three days a week, um, I, I've got this, you know, it's quite, quite simple. It's, it, you know, it's just a swim, a, a bike and a run. And, um, yeah, I just need to up it a little bit in the gym. So, so that's exactly what I did. I, I went down to the fitness first. It used to be in the building where I worked and um, just started to um, increase my training level. So focus more on the swimming um, and the cycling and the running. And that's when I, I had a massive wake-up call because, for example, I couldn't swim more than 20 metres in a 20-metre pool. So I'd get to one end and I'd be hugely out of breath. Um, I'd get on the treadmill for, you know, 10 minutes um, and start to get burning in my chest and thought there was something wrong with me. Um, and I used to think 10 minutes on the treadmill was really good. Um, and then, you know, the cycling was was always okay because I'd, I'd done a spin class and I used to cycle when I was, when I was younger. Um, so, so the swimming and the running was a huge wake-up call for me. And it wasn't until I kind of got back to my desk uh, and then started to kind of do some research on what it takes to to kind of complete your first triathlon. Did I did it really open my eyes that you know all of this stuff that I'd been doing? It probably was at least fifteen years prior to twenty thirteen. You know, not really having a, a plan in the gym, just kind of doing the sedentary kind of fitness machines and 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 doing ten minutes on the, on the treadmill was not going to cut it. It was just nowhere near. Um, and so that's when I started to get really into to YouTube to understand how to run, 
um, to understand how to swim. And, and all of this sounds a bit strange. You know, everyone knows how to run. People know how to swim, or, or the majority of us do, at least anyway. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's actually quite technical. And, you know, there's a lot of work that goes behind just to get you to a very basic level. So yeah, that, that's what I started to do. And, um, within, within the space of, of kind of six months, um, I'd had a, you know, a dramatic improvement in my, um, in my overall fitness. Um, I still couldn't run 5k without stopping. Uh, I'll get two and a half K in and I'd kind of, I'd get to Regent's Park because I used to be based on at Baker Street. So I'd run up to Regent's Park in the, in the lunchtime. Um, and I got to about the, the, the bottom part of Regent Park and I'd still have to walk a little bit. Um, but you know, it was gradually improving, but I think the biggest fundamental change that I had or, or kind of what I learned was, a, was nutrition. Um, you know, I said before, I, I used to go to the gym and then come out of the gym and go to the, you know, the nearest kind of um, prep or eat or something like that and just pick up whatever uh, I kind of took my fancy because I thought, well, I've just been to the gym. I'll, I'll burn it off. That's fine. I can eat whatever I like. And um, you just can't. It's just <laughs> not the way things work, as you, as you know better than anybody. So, um, yeah, once I started to do the research into nutrition, um and understanding you know macronutrients i've never heard what a macronutrient is you know you will go to the gym and you understand protein but do you understand carbohydrates do you understand fats do you understand the types of fats um and that was the kind of the biggest shift for me um and once i started to pay attention to the nutrition and eating the right things um that's when the weight started to come off uh, and the training started to improve so that's when you started seeing um, the big results. I think people often underestimate, particularly, I guess, younger people sometimes will underestimate how important it is. Because I think, um, you know, you can kind of get away with things until you're sort of in your late 20s and yeah. then your early 30s. And then it starts to make um, a massive difference if you're depleting yourself. Um, so on that first triathlon that you did, did that kind of give you the taste for it? What was it about triathlon after that that has kind of yeah. made you continue? Because um, it's it, such a, you know, it's a multidisciplinary sport. Yeah. Um, and you do the longer distances in terms of half iron and Ironman. Yeah. Um, what's kind of kept you going with that? It, this Again, this is a bit of a cliche. So um, when I crossed the finish line for the first triathlon, um, I don't actually understand what happened, but... The, the, whether it was a sense of achievement, whether it was like all the you know, kind of serotonin levels, dopamine, all the rest of it, they got released. But it was just such a profound effect I had when I when I crossed the finish line um, that I thought, you know, I just want to do this again. Um, and even still to this day, that's the biggest thing that drives me um, is is that that kind of the work you need to do to just get across that finish line and the feeling you get when you cross that finish line, honestly, for me, is just, you know, something that I can't describe, something which, which just drives me now. Uh, and, you know, I haven't stopped. I literally have not stopped training and competing in events since 2013 and I've never felt like I've wanted to stop either I know some people kind of go in peaks and troughs but for me I just want to do this as, for as long as I can 
It's amazing. And I guess a lot of that, as you say, well, it's, the, it's the passion that you have for it, for the sport and the enjoyment. And um, it sounds like from what you're saying, it's this concept of really challenging and bettering yourself all the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, and, and that's the thing, you know, so when, when you're doing the first triathlon, the objective was just to get across the finish line. The second one was, okay, that was a good time. What can I do next? And, and, and it's just constantly, like you say, that constant improvement, um, you know, around the diet. Okay. So I started to understand, you know, the macronutrients. And then at that point I was still eating processed food, for example. Um, and then you start to, to start to look at whole foods mm-hmm. and then you start to understand what different foods can have a different impact on your performance and 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 you know you kind of get this generalization when you talk to people well food's food you know it just fuels your body it's not you know and and you can draw parallels if you like from race cars you know if you put unleaded in a in a formula one car it's not going to go the same as as the fuel they put in it whatever that is at the racetrack and it's just exactly the same thing with your body um and, and for me, I can really feel now, if I eat rubbish, um, I feel rubbish. Um, mm. And it's not until you really feel, you know, what, what it is to feel good, do you really understand that? And I think I said to you before, you know, this, I had, I've had this fog that's been lifted um, from me. And, and, you, and you kind of get a lot more clarity around, around just life in general and just being able to then, you can do more. You know, once you have that, that, that fog lifted, you're able to do so much more, not just physically, but mentally and deal with life in a much better way. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think people often, maybe some people don't realize as well is that it's not just when you can either eat food that's alive and nutrient dense or that's going to nourish you, or you can kind of eat processed food, which is really um, dead and devoid of energy. But I think it goes further than that. I think that kind of food actually depletes you because you start to use vitamins and minerals that you have to process that in your body it's it's not natural whereas as you say once it's really really good quality nutrient dense food it's fueling your body in a completely different way um Um, and i mean mate kind of i don't want people to to feel here that you know it feels unachievable so many people and to feel that maybe you've got lots and lots of time to train for these yes you put in what was it you were saying between 12 and 15 hours, but you also run your own um, property investment portfolio. You have the Fitter Healthier Dads podcast. You have um, the Busy Dad Fitness and Weight Loss program um, that you run for dads, which we can talk about in a moment who want to get back into fitness. And also you have your children, you're looking after them and responsible for the childcare 50% of the time, um, which is amazing. And I'd love to take a bit of a, well, deep dive really into your habits and routines, because I think people could learn so much from how you actually manage to fit all this in. Yeah. And that's an interesting one, you know, the, the routine side of things. So I think there is, you know, if, if I go back to 2013, um, I was probably definitely of the mindset that, you know, I've got a busy career, I've got a family and I can't you know, I can't do all this exercise. There's just no way I can fit it in. Um, but once you start to, you know, kind of remove that mindset in terms of you can't and how can I, um, it gives you a different perspective. So I've, for me, it's just been about 
you know, planning out my week. And, and now it's, it's very unconscious. So, so people listening might think, oh, I don't want to be sitting down planning out my week. You know, I've got enough on my plate. But actually, once you do it for a small period of time, it becomes habitual and you know, it just becomes unconscious. Um, so for me, look, I, 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 in order for me to fit my training in, so one of, the, one of the things around continuing doing triathlon was that I didn't want to impact family life so therefore i didn't want to be away from the family for extended periods of periods of time i mean the reality is when i get close to an event you know there is some element of that so you know when i'm out on the bike for six hours you, that's unavoidable um but the way that i plan my day is that the, the the majority of training that i do is always early in the morning so um it might be uh you know, swimming in the morning or swimming before the kids get up or swimming before I collect the kids. Um, but I have to plan that out. So generally, the way that a typical day would work for me, um, and, and everybody's different, but I get up around about 10 past five in the morning. Um, I'll do a few hours, few hours work. Um, and then I'll get, when I've got the children, then I'll, I'll get the kids out of bed. Um, and we've got a very strict routine that they follow when, when they get up as well. Um, and, you know, within an hour, they, they're up, dressed, breakfast, out to school. Um, once I've dropped them at school, then I'll train. Um, and then I, that, that might be my first training of the day. So that might be uh, in the pool. Um, it might be a short run or it might be um, some time on the, on the static bike on the turbo in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll, I'll finish that and um, I'll do the rest of my day. I generally pick the kids up around half past three. Um, and in the summer, for example, they get included in my plan. Now, I don't want people to listen and think that I'm one of these pushy parents that make the kids do the, the exercise. And the rest of it. It's not like that. So <clears throat> near where we live, it's kind of on a canal. So, you know, if I've got a short run to do in the evening, I've already planned it out that, you know, if it's less than 10K, for example, um, the kids follow me on their bike. Um, and so that, that means I don't miss the training. I'm not away from them. Um, and, I, you know, I'm still able to, to fit it in. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, obviously, then we come back, we have dinner, and obviously then it's kind of family time. And I may do an hour's worth of work um, in, in the evening. I'm, I'm trying to kind of change that. Um, but But kind of planning out my day like that means that, you know, I can still get my training in. When it comes to kind of the latter part of, of getting close to an event, you know, I, I am training heavily. So I'm training twice a day um, at least. Um, so that, then that becomes more challenging. I have to then obviously take some time away from work. Um, and, you know, people that are employed, it might be a bit difficult about that. But but when I was back in the hedge fund, you know, people are very amenable if you if you explain to them why you're doing what you're doing and what you need to do, and they will give you the time to do it. Um, so kind of going backtrack a little bit, when I was in the in the hedge fund, I was fortunate that we you know we were close to Regent's Park, at, yeah, Regent's Park, so I could do the running at, at lunchtime. We had a gym downstairs so that I had a pool, fortunately, so I could do the pool and a bit of cycling so it's just about understanding you know your environment where you're at and and kind of opening your mind as to how you can do it as opposed to how you can't do it Mm. yeah I think that's the critical difference isn't it is 
how can I? I, I it's like, I'm like that with my kids. Can't is a bit of a banned word, to be honest, in our house because, yeah, yeah it just it's it's a completely different mindset. How yeah. do you? Um, you've talked there about your morning routine. Um, I don't know about you, but I find that exercise in the morning actually gives me back in my day anyway, because I'm much more efficient at work if yeah. I've exercised early on. Yeah. Um, but in terms of your evening, are you yeah. then fairly disciplined because the recovery for this kind of sport is, is very, very important. Yeah. Um, do you prioritize your sleep? I do hugely. Um, and I've actually doubled down on it this year and got more kind of, uh, regimented with my sleep um so for example yeah i'm not up past 10 o'clock at night mm -hmm. i'm just not i'm in bed um seven days a week yeah seven days a week i so i follow the same pattern on a weekend mm -hmm. um, and obviously they you know this better than me but there's a lot of health benefits to keeping that pattern the same Definitely. Uh, and you know kind of getting into your circadian rhythm and everything else um but yeah so I've actually taken it one step further now, um, whereas I'm, I'm in bed by 9.30 and people listen, I think, well, that's just beginning of the evening. But for me, it works and it might, you know, everybody's different. Um, so I make sure I'm off my uh, phone or any kind of TV, laptop, the rest of it to kind of stop the blue light from affecting my um, sleep levels. And I generally read um, and I do some stretching. Uh, and, and stretching is something which only after I had my, my injury did I really start to pay more attention to. And it's, you know, you make it a, a good point there about the recovery side of things. That's something that I've had to really learn to, to kind of focus on. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, my, my evening routine, again, is very fixed. Um, but I like that. that. It works for me. And it means that, you know, in the morning when I get up, you know, everyone's a little bit groggy when they get up, but I can get up and I can start my day and, and, and be quite productive. So yeah, the, the, the kind of evening routine is, is very fixed. Yeah. I think that makes a massive difference. I think people maybe sometimes you can underestimate how important because the, the following morning always starts with what you did the night before. Yeah. Um, and similarly, so does the, um, your, your night sleep of that night begins with how you approached your day. Do you go out? Um, I've been researching quite a lot recently into light and just how important it is to be up around the time of sunrise and to get yeah. that blue light exposure very early on. Yeah. When you get up, um, do, you, do you go outside and take in that early morning light? I do now, and I've probably only started to do that this year. And for me, it, 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 it really helps me. Um, yeah. So, you know, we're in these very kind of insulated boxes and particularly at this time of year, the heating's on, so you're very warm and, and, and cosy, I guess. But then just kind of stepping outside into the garden, um, you know, when I do it barefoot and all the rest of it, um, and, and just kind of standing there. And it, this might sound a bit strange, but just standing there and breathing um, and just kind of taking deep breaths in, holding it, and then just letting it out. It, it's almost like it, it kind of, switches you on if you like and, and revitalizes you from from your sleep um this time of the year is a, i'm finding it a little bit more difficult because it's it's still dark when i do it but mm. i mean it's magical really it sounds a bit a bit silly but it's, it is really magical in the mornings when you're standing outside and particularly in the summer when the sun's coming up um it's just such a great way i think to start mm. your day 
I think it is. I think it's amazing. And actually just to practice some kind of gratitude, right? That you're, yeah. you're here. I think, yeah. I forget the stat I heard, something like, you know, a million people died last night. So you're yeah. here today. And it just, it really shapes the whole day ahead of you. Um, so in terms of your, um, your progression, right? Because you're now in the top 5% globally yeah. um, in Ironman. Um, and obviously you're qualifying for these world champs in Kona. Yeah. Um, what's been the biggest thing for you? I know you've had a, a coach um, who was head of the triathlon Olympic team, I believe, but yeah. that's really been checking in and helping you write training programs. Most of this has been through your own motivation and drive. Yeah. What could you say to people who, you know, there's probably a ton of dads out there who kind of always have this niggling thing of, oh, I, sh- I should try triathlon, I should do this. Mm. What are the mindset shifts that people need to make um, to do that? I think it's, I think it comes back to what we were just talking about before and that was saying, you know, how can I, you know, we, we are, we do get very consumed by daily lives, by careers and, and everything else and think that there's not enough hours in the day to do it. But there is. And we all have the same 24 hours in the day. It's just about being disciplined. And some people listening to this might think, well, I am disciplined. You know, I, yeah, I've got a career. I sort the family out, you know, before I go to work and all the rest of it and, 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 and all the rest. Or, or that kind of thing but but it is you just have to it is about it I, I think it's more mindset than it is um actual fitness and and it will be your mind that prevents you doing what you want to do and all of this kind of terminology around should or a must and the rest of it just you know put that to one side and think how can i and you definitely can do whatever it is you want to kind of achieve by thinking in that way and you don't have to make sacrifices in order to do it. Um, you know, some of the things, some of the guys that I, I've coached um, fairly recently, uh, are both very, you know, all very busy, very busy careers, uh, very busy businesses. Um, and, and there's this kind of notion that, you know, you have to spend an hour in the gym. Um, you don't, you, you can spend 20 minutes if you know what you're doing mm-hmm. and if you've got a plan. And, and so that's, yeah, that was the biggest thing for me was is, is a mindset shift um, and motivation. I'm, I guess I am motivated, but motivation for me comes naturally when you do something that you love. And that's the other thing that I talk to people about is not everyone likes the gym. Not everyone might not like swimming. I'm not saying that everyone should do an Ironman. Find something that you love to do um, and it won't be an issue. You will find ways to do it. Yeah, that's absolutely true. It's got to be fun and it's got to be enjoyable. And I think that concept as well, when you were saying um, at the very beginning of the show about how the moment you signed up for an event, it was very different because then it's got to happen. Even if people aren't competing and they're not doing events, having a program, you know, I'm a coach, you're a coach. We still have coaches for ourselves. You need to get coached. Um, and if you, even if you just download some kind of online plan that is six, yep. six weeks, and you have a very good one for people that want to start off, yep. um, you know, that, that holds you accountable because if you, if you pay, you pay attention. Um, and the fact that someone's written that or, or videoed it and done it for you means that you will then follow through or you should follow through on it much more than if you kind of go to the gym and think, oh, I should go tonight. 
should not kind of never happens and you don't quite know what you're going to do when you get there um yeah. it's yeah. about having a goal isn't it definitely and i think the other thing as well is tell other people because they will hold you accountable if you yes. say somebody <laughs> i've entered a triathlon they'll be like well what are you entering a triathlon you won't be able to do that you can bet your life that next time you see that person they'll ask you how you're getting on and and you know we are all kind of our egos kick in none of us want to turn around to this person and say, yeah well i couldn't really be bothered you know we will all try and once we've got that kind of outside accountability we will all make sure that we do as much as we can to achieve what it is we've agreed to do yeah absolutely um i think once you share it publicly as you say uh, it makes it's it's a real game changer it makes a big difference yeah um i know you're a very avid reader um, and you yep. read a lot in the evenings. What are the kind of, are there three books or um, people that have inspired you that you share either on the fitness side or the mindset side um, that have helped you through this journey? Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting one. Um, the books, I have read so many books um, and there are, you know, so many different people, not just sporting people, but, but kind of business people. So I would say, um, one of the most important books is The Values Factor by Dr. John Demartini. Um, and that is the, the basic premise is obviously we're all driven by our values, whether, we under, whether we're conscious about them or not. Um, and that really get, helps to understand, helps you understand you know, your purpose and what it is you're doing and why you're doing what you're doing. Mm. Um, obviously, the, the, the other books around, around fitness and nutrition are um, there's one by Ben Greenfield, which mm -hmm. is, uh, I can't remember the name of it now. He's, um, oh yeah. There's a few he's done. Beyond Training is a great it. one. Yeah. 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 So yeah. he's obviously a, a, another kind of biohacker that's really uses himself as a human lab, I think. Mm. Um, and I've picked up a lot of not, not fitness side of things, but around nutrition, around sleep and other elements of, of health. Um, and then the, the other one is, is Dave Asprey. Um, his recent book, Game Changers, again, a cliche, but it is a game changer. And it is, again, just about really understanding a lot more about psychology, physiology, and, and little things that you can change and improve um, in just in order to eke out, you know, the, the, the little performance benefits. And I don't mean around kind of exercise I just mean about life in general because one of the things that occurred to me as I was reading that book and that is we're not given a manual on how to live our lives mm. we go to school to do stuff academically but how many people after they finish school think right I'm going to focus on how I'm going to live and how you know my health and all the rest of it we don't and it's mm. only really now it's starting to become a lot more I guess um cool or more public and stuff like that with the element of, of social media but but none of us really well i certainly didn't until about 2013 really really focus on that side of it so yeah those three books it was um beyond training by ben greenfield the values factor by john d martini and then game changes by dave asprey yeah i've read all three of those and they're, they're great books I'll, I'll link to those um in the show notes um great choices there um and in terms of, you were mentioning that obviously some people may find this harder than others if they are working, but often employers yeah. will, will give time and space. Yeah. Um, do you find that there is an, a time of day, you spoke just to go a little bit back into your routine. So you wake up around 10 past five and you were saying that you 
you start working first um, once you've kind of done your grounding um, and your outdoor light exposure. Will you then, before doing the school run, fit in some kind of, you know, an hour, an hour and a half deep work at that point? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so that's that's generally, so what I've, I've, I've established is that my if I've got anything detailed or focused to do, the best time of day for me to do that is between, you know, once I've done all my, my morning routine and between that and when the kids get up, that is when I am at my most focused. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, um, apart from when I come back from training, you know, kind of after lunchtime, that is when it starts to dip. I start to feel that dip. Um, so, yeah, so, so early in the morning is, is when I'm most, most focused. Yeah, and I think I, I've learned that. I'm very much a morning person. Have you ever done the uh, questionnaire by Dr. Michael Bruce? No. Um, that, that's a really good one. I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes as well, where he's done a lot of work on people's chronotype. Because I think people... Um, it's, it, you can underestimate how genetic this component is. And if you, it, it sounds like from what you were saying is that you are someone who would categorize as a lion who is much more active and alert in the morning. Um, yeah. Whereas kind of society has really been predicated on what he would term as a bear, which is the kind of 6.37 wake up till sort of 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, and that is around 50% of the population. And then there's another two, there's the dolphins um, and the, uh, there's another one. Um, but it's a really interesting questionnaire that helps you understand uh, what the best time for you to do everything is. You can also test this now with your own genetics as well. Okay. Um, and so I'll link to all this stuff. But I think that is the most critical point because once you start to understand these things about yourself, then you can optimize your work schedule and your training schedule schedule as you have, um, which really, really then makes the most of those 24 hours that you have in the day. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's kind of helped you to achieve all of those things. Um, okay, and let's just talk a little bit, because I know if people are kind of, they might be looking at you now and thinking, wow, that's amazing, nice doing the world champs. Um, but it wasn't always this way, and you were overweight, and you were drinking, and you, you yourself actually have developed a really accessible program for men. Um, it's geared at dads, I believe. Uh, the Busy Fitness, Busy Dad Fitness and Weight Loss Program. Yeah. Um, can you explain a bit about that? Because I'm sure there's lots of people that, if they want to get started, would be interested. Yeah. So it was basically it was it, it was off the back of, of of speaking to other dads at kids football and and things like that, um, and then kind of talking to me about what I'm doing, and then just basically saying, look, we, I could never do anything like that. I just don't have the time. You know, I don't know what I'm doing and all the rest of it. So I thought, look, I've learned all of this information. I've learned all of this knowledge. You know, I, I want to share that with people that maybe perhaps think that they can't do it. Um, you know, I'm no kind of superman. I'm no kind of special person. I'm just an ordinary dad. Um, and, and people listening to this might think that that's not the case. It, it so is, because if you saw me pre-2013, I was just not the person I am today. Um, and, and I've not kind of had any kind of tr- transplant to make me make me this way. But, um, you know, the the... The fit health, uh, sorry, the um, Busy Dads Weight Loss and Fitness Program is just a 30-day program where I break down everything that you need to do within that 30 days to kind of kickstart. I'm not saying you're going to lose X number of kilos or you're going to be able to run a triathlon in 30 days, but it's something which you can take, you can implement, and I've got a um, a, a calendar at the back where I, I map out everyone's training um, program for, for, the, for the four weeks. 
Um, and within, within the guide, you've got um, the various different um, training elements you can do. So you can do swimming, cycling, running, and obviously HIIT training. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to do all of them. You can do whatever you can fit in. Um, but, but the precursor for that is I, I get people to focus on their diet and nutrition first. And the reason for that is because that's had such a profound change on me. um, And it comes back to this whole fog being lifted. Once you start to put nutrients-dense food, like you said, into your body, your body will react in such a positive way, you will start to feel better. And before you even start exercising, you will notice that you drop fat, body composition will change, and then you can start to bring in in the fitness. So, yeah, it's all based off, what I did to lose the 28 kilos that I lost. Um, it's no quick fix. I'm very clear about that. It's not like you'll do it in 30 days and then boom, you know, you're going to be this kind of amazing athlete and all the rest of it. I'm not saying that, but it's, it's a start. It's a very good kickstart and it's something which you can just take and recycle after the 30 days. Brilliant. Brilliant. I will link to that. Where, where can people find it? Um, so it's on fitterhealthyourdad.com um and there's a um there's a link to it in the top right hand corner i've also got a, a four-step fat loss um guide that people can just download um, and i'm going to be releasing um, a five-day challenge as well which will also be free on the website in the next couple of weeks brilliant and you're pretty active on uh, on social media as well in terms of instagram and facebook yep um as well so i've got a, a, a private um facebook community which you can join um, where I'm in there and I'll do Facebook lives. I've got the Facebook page and on Instagram, uh, fit to healthy dad. Brilliant. I will link to all of those, um, in the show notes and thank you so much, um, for coming on the show, Darren. It's been an absolute pleasure, um, and learning how you've made to do this. And I think, I think you would agree. The thing to make clear here is that fitness is a journey. Um, it's not a destination. No, and and you need to love that journey. So find something that you love. Yeah, absolutely. And just start where you are. Yeah, exactly. Best time to start was yesterday. Brilliant. Um, That's absolutely true. And is there a kind of, just before we close, is there an ethos, if you like, or a mantra that that you kind of hold value for you that that you think of when you're trying to push through hard times um, that keeps you going? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a mantra, but it's it's definitely, I always think about um, the, the, the kind, not the end goal, but the event that I'm trying, that I'm training for. And I always think about that, you know, at the point where I want to give up, do I want to actually finish the event, cross the finish line, or do I want to not finish? And particularly when it's dark and wet and everything else, when I have that in my my mind and I visualize that, that's what keeps me going. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's be very unlikely to give up with that. It's kind of like Stephen Covey says, start with the end in mind. Absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much um, for sharing all that, all that wisdom and coming on today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Yeah, thanks very much for inviting me. Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body and lifestyle.